Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 290. I am Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of com. We have a special guest, Charlie the Puppy, on the floor next to me. Uh, he may chime in or he may not, he may not depending on his mood. Uh, we have a hard out, maybe not a hard out necessarily, but a potential uh, interruption in this podcast in case... The fire alarm goes off in Brandon's <laughs> building. Uh, we're recording this just uh, behind the scenes here. A uh, little look behind the scenes here. Seven o'clock in the morning here on Friday morning because uh, a fire alarm could go off or a fire t- fire alarm testing uh, could go off at any time in Brandon's building. And they gave him no warning of exactly when that would happen, only that it would happen sometime after 8 a.m. So uh, I could be. It's going to be uh, kind of a, I don't know, cliffhanger, whether we get this uh, fire alarm late in the uh, podcast or not. Anyway. We'll you see, Jimmy. Uh, thank you for letting me use your house for the SB Nation NFL show uh, Friday episode that I <laughs> recorded with RJ Ochoa and Rob Statsguerra in a couple hours here, which you can also check out if you like this podcast. I'm sure you like that one, too. Um, so thank you, Jimmy. Also. Thank you to the presenting sponsor of this preview episode, Eagles Colts preview slash Ndamukong Tzu slash Linval Joseph uh, signings reaction show. Uh, Let me get into the copy, Jimmy. NFL Sundays are getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Plus, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code 5QUESTIONS altogether, 5QUESTIONS, and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. That's code 5QUESTIONS only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And now, if you listen to the podcast on one and a half speed, I respect you because that's what I listen to the podcast on. Um, but somehow, if you're doing that, this might sound really bad because I'm going to try to do this uh, disclaimer as fast as I possibly can, you know, like you uh, you hear in those commercials. So, yeah. so let's give it a whirl. It's going to be tough because there's some numbers in here. 
21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. In New York, call 8778 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369. Bonus issued as free bets, one boost per eligible game. Opt in required parlay and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Not bad. We we might need to bring in Michael Buffer for uh to read one. <laughs> I, mean, of those. I don't I mean I don't know if he can, but I don't know if there's any kind of conflict there. But yeah, I would love I would love to to really I I do a terrible job of getting guests on. So that's a really bad job. I mean we've we've had to get Tommy Lawler on the show for years and we haven't done that. Um mm-hmm. that's a bad job by me, but I'm gonna try to work on it. We'll see. Uh but Jimmy, uh big Eagles news this week. Yeah, they did some stuff this week. They signed, of course, uh, and did they announce the Suze? They yeah, did. they did because they uh, they they retweeted him. They, so he didn't sign yet. He agreed. He quote unquote agreed right. to terms. He's not in the um, building. And then, they, of course, they signed Linval Joseph. Um, so they they're beefing up on the interior of their defensive line, which makes sense uh, in the in their loss to the Commanders. Uh, Fletcher Cox played seventy snaps in that game. Javon Hargrave played sixty six snaps in that game. Uh, he, Fletcher Cox was interviewed uh, during the the you know media availability this week. I believe it was on Wednesday. He said, "My apologies for the don't do it language here, but this is a this is a direct quote." He said, "Honestly, I feel like <gasps> shit <laughs> playing after playing seventy snaps uh, against the commander." So um, yeah, I mean he's into his thirties. And uh, certainly, you know, the Eagles don't want him playing 70 snaps in any games. He doesn't want to be playing 70 snaps in games. Javon Hargrave probably doesn't want to be playing 66 snaps. So they bring in, first of all, they they bring in Linval Joseph, who makes a lot of sense with Jordan Davis being out. Linval Joseph's role is going to be very simple here. He's going to play nose tackle, and he's going to be a guy that plays on early rundowns, and uh, it's just there to clog up, clog up holes. Uh, doesn't have the... Uh, movement skills at this point in his career that uh, a Jordan Davis does, but he is going to be a big, beefy interior defender. Had a good game against mm-hmm. the Eagles, by the way, last year when the Chargers played in Philadelphia. Um, but yeah, he's going to be that guy for as long as Jordan Davis is out. It'll be interesting to see what his role is whenever Jordan Davis comes back. I don't know if there's anything to read into uh, them signing him in terms of, you know, are they not expecting Jordan Davis back right after the his mm-hmm. four weeks on uh, injured his four, his mandatory four games missed uh, on injured reserve are up? Uh, so that remains to be seen. But that's a very that's you know obviously his his addition to the team and his what his role is going to be is very obvious. Uh, so when it comes to well, it's not just Joseph too; it's with Sue like signing both of those signing just Joseph. It's like okay, is Jordan Davis going to be back? But then he's also signed Sue, and you're like. Hmm. Maybe he won't be. Yeah, and, and that's not necessarily the case because they entered the season. They entered the season with a five-man defensive tackle rotation. I think they clearly want to be heavy at that position uh, in terms of not having mm-hmm. to play Cox and Hargrave as many snaps, like you said. I think uh, I'm of multiple minds on these signings. I think, uh, I think first of all, it's kind of cool that the Eagles can do this. This is kind of a unique position for them. If you're, let's say. I don't know, some kind of middling team right now. Um, like you're probably not going to get these guys. They're signing here in part because the Eagles are eight and one and they look like a team right. that looks like they can make a legitimate Super Bowl run. So it's a unique opportunity to be able to sign these players because um, they're not going to just sign for like, you know, again, some dead end team probably at this point in the season. Um, so that's cool. 
I definitely think Linval Joseph is more about, you know, supplanting Jordan Davis slash Marlon Tui Pelotu, who just went on injured reserve. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ndamukong Tsu, I don't think is about that as much as I think it is they're realizing Fletcher Cox is kind of washed, if we're being honest. Uh, I, I I talked about this topic in, I think, the, the recap show. Um, but since then, uh, I, I didn't even realize this stat that I, I came across um, when I was looking back at Fletcher Cox's uh, sack total. In Fletcher Cox's last 27 games, team, Jimmy, do you know how, how many sacks he has? Oh, I think you said some sort of similar stat in the did last I? podcast. I don't, I don't, I don't think I did. No. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, he go has ahead. six and a half. Six and a half in the last 27 yeah. games. How many does okay. Javon Hargrave so, have I, in his I'm, last three? I, six. <laughs> He's got exactly. six. Come on. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Fletch is washed. I think that's maybe mm. going a little too far. I think he's still an effective player, but certainly he, A, is nothing close to what he was when he was in his prime, obviously, and B, is not worth anything close to the $14 million that he's making this season. That's my point. Like, washed relative to having the highest cap hit on the team. Like, that's terrible. That's terrible production when you're paying this guy. I mean, you paid him a $14 million this offseason. Like, why would you do that? And also not hindsight to say that was a bad call. Like, it was very clear that that was not, like, the smartest decision when it comes to use of resources. In any case, um, I, I do think there is something to, okay, maybe he can be better if he's not playing. All these, not, like, amazingly better, but at least, like, a bit, a bit more effective um, if you can rotate all these guys. And that's that goes for all of them. That's kind of the benefit. It's like mm-hmm. these are older guys for sure. And you don't know how much they have left in the tank. Um, but if you're rotating them all, then maybe that makes them better. Right. Then Although, you know, yeah. the other part yeah. of it is like, so on one hand, fresh legs. And Kung Su and Lin Paul Joseph haven't been playing. So maybe they'll be fresh. On the other hand, might have to play their way kind of like into football shape, quote unquote. Yeah. So Sue is a really interesting player in that um, he hasn't missed a game. Well, this year aside, because he's been right. unemployed for the first half of the season. But this year aside, he hasn't missed a game since 2011. That is that insane for a defensive tackle. Yeah. Missed it. He had a two game suspension. Yeah, it was, that wasn't even injury. Stomp, yeah, right. When he right. stomped on that Packers player. Yes. Yeah. Was that on Thanksgiving? He did that. Maybe I don't know. It was. Like, I remember that was like a huge he was, storyline. So, he was the number two overall pick when he came out and uh, out of Nebraska and. He was thought of at the time as one of the like the best defensive prospects ever. Yeah. I think he uh, who was the number one. I'd have to go back and look at who was the number one pick ahead of him in that draft. It had to have been a quarterback. Uh, but yeah, he was a, he was a star, like stud, scary player uh, coming out of Nebraska, and he had a good career. I think maybe he was slightly disappointing because he came in with just an insane amount of hype. But he's been in the league for 12 years. This will be his 13th now uh, that he has signed with the Eagles. He had six sacks in each of the last two seasons in Tampa. Um, you know, it was a part of their stellar run defense. I mean, that that defense in, in Tampa, you couldn't run on them, uh, particularly during their Super Bowl year in 2020. And he was a part of that. But he also got after the passer uh, in that season, six sacks, like I said, and then six sacks last season. So, um, you know, this is a guy that just to add him sort of on a whim, I mean, I don't even know if it was a whim, really, but it was reported that he reached out to the Eagles and was like, "Hey, can can I can I play? Can I play? Can I come? Can I come over and play?" And there, the Eagles are like, "Yeah, sure." Is uh, sort of the way that uh, Mike Arafolo sort of uh, uh, posited it 
but yeah, he's he's a, an interesting addition. Uh, you mentioned Marlon Tuipolotu going on an hour. They have Jordan Davis. So there are two holes to fill. Again, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that all changes if and when those two guys come back. But now they're, they have a lot of depth, uh, particularly on the uh, interior of their line. I still think they need depth on, on the edge. Like they traded for Robert. What are your thoughts on, on Robert Quinn so far, by the way? So, uh, you know, I saw this, uh, there's a tweet going around, like he's only played 49 snaps so far. And that's true. But I think people like that, like, so he's averaging 16 snaps a game. I think that's skewed a little bit because I think the Eagles tried to give him off sort of in that Texans game because he went from mm-hmm. playing on Monday night with the Bears to then traveling to Philly to playing on Sunday against the Steelers to then playing down, going to Houston, traveling down there and playing there. He only played like yeah. I think seven or so snaps in that game. It was seven yeah, I think snaps. Part of that yeah. was like trying to give him as much as like a breather as they possibly were comfortable with. Um, so that's skewing the number there a little bit. He was up more in his first game and then this past game against the Commanders. You know, I, ju- I, I was ju- I was writing my mailbag right before we started recording, and I actually I actually was answering a question about him. So it's, and I okay. so I have the numbers right in front of me here. It's twenty snaps. Um, so he got traded on a on a yeah. Wednesday, and then he played on Sunday. It was twenty snaps mm-hmm. against the Steelers. There's only seven against uh houston like you said and then uh against washington he played 22 of the 80 something uh that that the eagles played on defense i mean i don't we haven't seen any impact from him yet so and now he's on the injury report with a back slash rest designation um so i'm Mm -hmm. guessing he's gonna play the rest thing but doesn't seem great that he's also dealing with some back pain uh uh, <laughs> yeah. I have a question. Yeah. So the way that I, you can look at like each of those three games and make excuses for it. Like he was new sure. to the team against the Steelers. And then, like you mentioned, it's a short, short week mm-hmm. and a road game at that only played seven snaps. And then this past week, the whole game script of that, of, of, of that matchup was wrecked yeah. because there were barely any obvious passing mm-hmm. situations that the commanders had. Uh, in that game because they ran the ball so much and they stayed on schedule and there was always a threat of a run on those short third down plays. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can excuse away sort of his invisibility <laughs> really is uh, is really the, the 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 accurate way to put it. I mean, you, you barely know he was even on the team through these first uh, three games. So you want to see something from him going forward. You would have ideally liked to have seen at least something from him during these first three games, but so far not uh, not a great return on investment. There's a long way to go, but not a great well, return on investment after these first three games for a fourth a, round pick on a, on a half year a rental. Record of Howie Roseman not necessarily making the uh, best trades at the deadline. Really, it's like JJ. Not a good trade. No, JJ is the best one. Um, yeah, but outside of that, Golden Tate, Kerry Vincent Jr., Jannard Avery. Uh, not the best. Uh, I have a trivia question for you because you brought up who was okay. the number one pick in 2010, uh, former Eagles player. Um, hmm. and I'll take it a step further. Oh, Sam well, Bradford. Yes, Sammy Sleeves. Six, six first round picks from the 2010 NFL draft <laughs> have played for the Eagles. Can you name all six? Really, six, six out of the first 32. Oh God, picks. I, I have no. I have no prayer. Uh, yeah, you do. Come on. You mm. cover the team. So you name one. Yeah. So who was the Eagles pick that year? Was that... Uh... St. Bradford's one. You have five more to go. Still was... on the team. Come on. <laughs> that was not That was not Danny Watkins because no. he was before 2011. Yeah. He's still oh, on the team, Jimmy. God, how can I not think of this? This is terrible. He made the biggest play in franchise history. 
Oh, yeah. BG. Okay. Oh, my God, that's terrible. Terrible okay. job of me. He was what thirteenth overall, I think. And then yeah. I know that, then, but I couldn't. I couldn't identify who him. Who just as signed with the Eagles? <laughs> oh, uh, was Chris who Long just that signed year? with the Eagles? Uh, well, no. Robert Quinn. Oh, uh, well, yeah, okay, Donald, so that's, so. you're up to three of the six. Was Linval Joseph wasn't a first nope. round pick, was he? Uh, the other one was one. One guy was taken right before Brandon Graham, and mm. he played uh, running back. Oh, uh, Ryan Matthews. Out of the six. All okay. Right. Can you name? Uh, I would have never. I would have never thought of him without the hand. Another member of the Eagles Super Bowl team, like significant member, uh, one of the most meaningful moments in franchise history as well. Huh. Back end of the first round, very last pick of the first round, actually. Hmm. Minnesota Vikings game, champion, NFC Championship game. What's the biggest play from the championship game? Oh, right. Patrick okay. Robinson. Yeah, he was a first-round pick. That's a Saints. Bad, terrible yeah. job by you. And then the last one, also a quarterback. <laughs> well, I am getting him. I just need a little other, coaxing. Uh, the other one is the, another quarterback. Uh, was that Tebow? How about okay. that? Six different players. He went, what, 20? Do, do you have the list? Do, I, I'll tell you where those guys were, yeah, were picked. He was, Tebow was, what, 26th? Nope, 25th. You fool. 25th. Ah, close. I don't know if this is really good podcasting, but I thought ah. that was interesting. Six, think of that. Six, <laughs> no, you know what? Six. That is good podcasting because it allows the it, it allows the uh, listeners to guess on their own but, as well. Like that's yeah. crazy. Six of the like who would have thought, you know? And all this all these years later too. Like how was Ndamukong Sue still in the NFL? Like that's crazy. That's crazy. Especially with all the games he's played. Yeah. That's another thing, by the way. So I think the durability point like works in his favor from a standpoint of Eagles don't want to have to deal with a situation. And I think part of speaks to why they both signed uh, Joseph and Sue is because they, you don't want to like sign Joseph and then he gets hurt and then you're kind of back to square one again. Like you want to, I think they're going overkill at this position to make sure um, that they're not in the spot where they're missing anyone, uh, even if Jordan Davis does come back. Another thing I wanted to say about these signings is that there's part of it that reeks of a little bit of desperation that I don't love. Like the energy, it's like, well, we had to do something. And, and it's like the run defense wasn't even that bad as we talked about against the commanders. Uh, I'm not saying they should sit on their hands, but I'm just saying like there's a little bit of like that energy, which just makes me feel a little bit uneasy. I think it's, it makes sense to sign these guys more than it doesn't. Um, but the other the thing that bothers me maybe the most would be just kind of like the – uh, the approach or from Jonathan Gannon where it's like, oh, well, you know, I can't possibly be expected to do anything unless we, you know what I mean? It's just like this, like we, ha we, we, I can't figure out answers on my own. We have to sign people. You know what I mean? It's not, I can't like adjust things and like figure it out. It's like, I, I'm, I'm so reliant on a player. I don't love that. I think it's, I think it, the, the biggest benefit to signing these two guys and if they, and it'll be interesting to see if they actually play immediately uh, against Indianapolis this week. I think they will. And I think Bob Groats right. actually said that uh, he that he uh, was hearing that they were going to play this week. So it'll be interesting to see if they do, because I think the biggest benefit is that they keep they keep Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. Yeah, they, they, they keep their snaps reasonable in the short term so that they can be productive mm -hmm. players at the, when you need them the most in the playoffs and, and during the stretch run. If they're still competing for that one seed or for the division. Uh, so it's a temporary like the 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 short term benefits um, of keeping those guys off the, or it's really more of a long term view of this particular season in terms of uh, you know keeping those guys fresh and rested in the short term. I just going back to the Gannon of it all, it kind of just I think further speaks to the point of 
I think what the defensive improvement is more about the the personnel than it is like him making the most of what he has. I think agreed. And that's one of my frustrations yeah. with him. I think he gives you what you have. He doesn't give you better than that. He doesn't maximize your talent. He just gives you what the talent at best, the talent that he has, which I just that's not really to me good coaching. That's like 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 solid coaching. That's the th- like it's a, a the bare minimum what you want a coach to do. Um ideally you want a coach to maximize players, but anyway, it doesn't have to be a referendum on Gannon. But that was just kind of that's like the kind of thing that I guess bothers me about it. I, I would again, I would make these moves. I thought they were reasonable moves. Um, your Super Bowl contender, and also just try it. And if it doesn't work out, you can always cut them. You know, it's after week one. It's, it's not like you're fully guaranteeing all these salaries. Um, although I don't know what they're going to be paid, but we uh, will whatever. <laughs> um, you know, I think I don't know why they I, I don't know why they would sign unless they were getting some kind of okay guarantee. Sure. Um, so Sue, for me, I, I tweeted this. So my apologies for uh, doubling up on this well, content. Who knows if Twitter's. Uh, He's going to be around, Jimmy. It's <laughs> true. Uh, but for me, he, he immediately vaults to number one on Eagles players that I would not want to have yeah. to fight. Um, who would be your top three? I mean, Sue is definitely I'm putting you on the spot there. here, I guess. Um, uh, I mean, Jordan Mailata. I know he's like a nice guy, but I mean, if that guy was mad yeah. at you, geez. Um, if he's mad at yeah. you, you're, if he's mad at you, and also like if his temperament were different, you're well, I mean, in big he's trouble. such a nice guy that if he was mad at you, then you're in big trouble. You know what I mean? Like it's not like he's like, he, if he's okay. mad, he's seriously mad. He is out for blood at that point. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like let's say you're putting the ring yeah. with him, and then you you punch him in the face, <laughs> and then he gets really mad, and then you. And so I'm gonna go just those guys uh, one and two, and then hmm. I mean Cox is still pretty scary too. I would say. Yeah, from pure physical uh, scariness, those those are probably the top three. I I would go Derek Barnett number two <laughs> because he wouldn't give he's a crap about just yeah. He's just gonna wreck. You. I mean, anyone on the team is gonna wreck sure. me uh, very easily from uh, Indomitian and Sue all the way down to I don't know who Britton <laughs> Covey would probably be the uh, the least threatening guy. Like that guy oh, would sure. wreck me in a, in half a heartbeat. Um, but I think, I feel like part of the equation here is who would actually take joy in pummeling you. And I think, uh, Derek Barnett would be number two on that list after Sue. And then number three, I had, uh, Dickerson because he is just willing to dominate True. guys that are soft. Like <laughs> you saw in that Jaguars game, poor number 95 on that team just got wrecked by him throughout the entirety of that game. He was just mean to that guy. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd fear I would that put Kelsey well. up there as well from a standpoint of like, I, Kelsey is probably the guy who can just like take like 50 billion punches and just doesn't give it, you know what I mean? Like he, he his pain, his tolerance, <laughs> right. his pain tolerance has to be the highest on the team. Like he, you can't hurt him. He's almost like invincible. Yeah. So that would probably be like the scariest guy to fight from a standpoint of like, you could just like have a hundred free shots to his face and he'd still like be standing there. Like you ever, um, I don't know if you've been in a bar fight, Jimmy, but I, I have not, but I, I feel like I, you know, you, you hear stories of the guy that gets like so drunk that he's just like invincible because like he just doesn't feel anything, you know what I mean? And so it's <laughs> yeah. just, like, you can't even beat that yeah. person. Um, anyway, fun discussion. <laughs> uh, anything else about those signings before we talk about Goddard? No, I mean, I think there, it makes sense to beef up the, uh, the interior defensive line again. Not th- what would you grade the signings if you had to grade them? I don't think these are like A plus moves. Uh, no, I think the Sue move is pretty I interesting like move because more, if sure. he has if if he has something left in the tank like he did the yeah. last two years, that can actually be a guy who 
can make a few impact plays sure. for you. Um, I give that one as high. But we got to see what the numbers are. But assuming they're not out of control, I give that like an A minus. I agree. I really like that move a lot. I agree. And I like that he wanted to be in Philadelphia. I think that's a big factor where he was like, I want to play for that sure. team. And uh, it wasn't like they had to coax him out of retirement or whatever. Not not that he retired or anything like that, but coax him off uh, his, you know, enjoying <laughs> not getting his head bashed in playing football. Uh, and then the, the Linville Joseph uh, signing, um, I, I think it makes sense for, for what they sort of need in mm-hmm. the short term. Again, to be determined whether that is that signing is is uh, was made because they're fearful that Davis is going to be out for a while. But I'd give that one like a solid B. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same page with you. So also note, you know, it's kind of interesting. We'll see how these moves impact the locker room, if at all. Uh, Bernie Graham seemed pretty excited to have Joseph around, and uh, Joseph was a captain for the mm-hmm. Chargers. And I talked to Michael Peterson from Bolts from the Blue SB Nation's Chargers blog. And um, he had nothing but good things to say about um, like Linda Val Joseph as a locker room presence. So that might be a, an actual good ad from a from a culture standpoint. Um, Sue, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, we should mention Kelsey too. And, and Linda, Kelsey, he sort of pegged Linval Joseph as the guy that he just couldn't handle uh, early in his career. That guy, maybe he didn't peg him necessarily in those words. <laughs> maybe that's maybe more my editorialism. Uh, but that guy killed Kelsey uh, earlier in their careers at a time when Kelsey just could not anchor against those real big nose tackles. Limbaugh Joseph owned him early in his career. Uh, Kelsey was able to adjust over time and sort of do a better job with technique and whatever and being able to, to anchor against those kinds of guys. But that's a guy that Jason Kelsey really respects a lot uh, as a player. And uh, it's interesting now that he's got to block him every day in practice. And that's probably not irrelevant. Uh, I know Howie Roseman talks to players that's not i'm not saying that mm-hmm. he signs up other people just based on who he like the players he talks to his own players but i know he does talk to his own players and gets their input on certain guys that's not an irrelevant factor uh to him so that may have been uh that may have played a role in equal signing him probably didn't hurt uh let's talk about dallas goddard because he officially went on injured yep. reserve um uh, I think I had mentioned to you that um, uh, Dr. Edwin Porras, who's come on BGN radio before, kind of said like a two to four week timeline. Uh, obviously, he's on IR, so he'll miss the next four games. Oh, okay. But he seems to think that it could be the earlier. You know, he, he might be. Is his, is his specific injury known? Uh, no, but just based on like the, you know, the TV. He's just guessing on what, what yeah, it was based, based on, on the, the play. TV analysis. Um, okay. Uh, he thinks it's going to be on the shorter end. It's not like he's going to, you know, miss like six games. He thinks it, it could be a four. We'll see. You know, and yeah. Did he not... say what he thinks it is? Uh, he did. I forget exactly. Um, I don't have it in front of me. Um, but basically, what happened on that play? In case you you don't remember, uh, our listeners, I think people remember. He, it. <laughs> well, I mean, he got he got. Well, of course they remember that he got mm-hmm. face masked and he got pulled to the ground by his face. But also, the injury occurred when. 320 pound uh John Ridgeway yeah. is it Ridgeway whatever not his first Hassan name Ridgeway. is just landed on him not Hassan Ridgeway not Hassan Ridgeway right uh just landed on him with all of his weight sort of on his shoulders uh like on his back really but it, it seemed like his shoulders kind of got like scrunched mm-hmm. up like <laughs> inside his body uh it was it was that was a bad hit altogether uh, and he stayed down for a while but um, yeah, certainly everyone remembers the face mask. But um, yeah, he, he had a big dude land on him with with the, with full force and momentum behind him too. 
Um, and uh, Grant Calcaterra, in the, or excuse me, no, Jack Stoll uh, yesterday was talking to reporters and he was like, yeah, I don't know how he even continued to play miss uh, after that. It was, a, it was an injury that he probably shouldn't have been, been playing with. Uh, but he he was talking about his toughness or whatever. Yeah, and you're right. He he played he played every snap in that game, which is uh, which is pretty impressive. Uh, so he's on IR. He will then miss uh, week 11, week 12, week four, 13, 14, and then be eligible to return in week 15 mm-hmm. against the Bears, I believe. So we'll see. In the meantime, the Eagles have three tight ends on the roster. They activated Tyree Jackson from Pup, so they have him. I think you know his value is as a guy who can kind of do some of the like top end athletic things that Dallas Goddard could do, obviously not to the same consistency, but like in theory, uh, that's what the skill set he kind of brings. Um, I, I think Grant Calcaterra we'll probably see some more involvement from him in the passing attack as a pass catcher, obviously not really a run blocker, which is, you know, a, a big value mm-hmm. that Goddard has being able to do both. And I think Stoll's receiving ability is a little bit slept on. I know he doesn't have the track record, but I don't think he's like a, a liability or he can't do that. Like, just right. based on watching him in training camp practices, he's not the guy who's going to like get volume, but I think he's a respectable enough pass catcher. I think he can like you know make. Some, I don't think he's going to be a liability. I don't think he like can't contribute at all in that regard. I think he can be fine. So uh, you have those three guys. You also have Noah Tangiai in the practice squad. That you just can only elevate him one more time this year because they did it the first two weeks. Otherwise, they'd have to resign mm-hmm. or sign him onto the roster. And we should probably mention that uh, Zach Pascal is not a tight end, but like. He might as like he's he's almost a tight end or can be um for this you know with his blocking ability and everything in this offense. So I think those are I think everyone's going to have to play a role in there in replacing Dallas Goddard in some way. Yeah, you're not going to line up. You're not going to use Pascal as an inline tight end, but on plays where you know Goddard was maybe flexed out, maybe those are some snaps that go to Zach Pascal instead of uh you know Jack Stoll or Calcaterra or Tyree Jackson. Tyree Jackson is six seven, two forty nine, and he was having. A phenomenal training mm-hmm. camp last year um, when he got hurt. Uh, I guess it was during. It was Patriots right in front of us, Jimmy. Joint practices, yeah. if I recall correctly. That's right. That's right. It happened. He he felt he hit the ground really freaking hard, and he was out for what like eight like eight, eight games into like the eighth eight, or ninth game of the season last year with a back yeah. injury. And then uh, he did return to the team, but he didn't play at all, really. Uh, and then he had uh, that week, that meaningless week 18 game against Dallas where um, he had a touchdown and then boom, tears his ACL. So he actually came back fairly quickly from that because that happened in January. Um, and he's back already in, I mean, they st- they opened his window for a return in October. Um, so yeah, he recovered from that reasonably quickly. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a guy that, like you mentioned, has the athletic traits, but I wonder how much they'll trust mm-hmm. him having been away from the field for so long. And really, I mean, beyond being away from the field for so long, having very minimal experience to begin with, even before, you know, he suffered those injuries. So, um, yeah, I don't know how much he'll play, but uh, it is an interesting player that uh, seemed like he was going to have a role in 2021 had he not suffered that back injury in, in, in training. I should also mention here that um, going off of the Thursday injury report, the Eagles are banged up. 
and uh, A.J. Brown's mm-hmm. on the injury report. A lot of good players on yeah, that list. He's listed with a rest designation in addition to the ankle, so I would assume he's going to play, but you know he's banged up. Devontae Smith wasn't even listed with the rest designation. He's just dealing with an injury. Um, I forget what mm-hmm. it is at the top of my head. Um, but he was just limited for the second day in a row. Um, so that's kind of concerning. In addition to Goddard being out, because you figure it's not even just about, okay, Goddard's out, so now we're going to use all these tight ends while we're trying to replace him. It's like, no, probably ideally you want to funnel more of your offense to, to the good wide receivers than try to just like you know uh, have tight end targets for the sake of it because you had a good one in the past. Um, so that's also not an ideal timing thing. Yeah, we should probably mention that injury report real quick. I mean, you mentioned Devontae. Did you say A.J. Brown just then? Uh, I did. Because he had that. Charlie's doing his. Uh, they had his ankle taped up in that game. Choking thing again, or dry heaving. <laughs> What's going on there, buddy? He's an, he's he just actually he, his birthday was uh, on, birthday, on the fifteenth. He's thirteen now, so he's getting oh up gosh. there. Um, he's an old man. But, I have the injuries here. Oh yeah, Kelsey had his ankle wrapped heavily in uh, in the game against Washington. Hassan Raddick has a thigh injury. Fletcher Cox has a yeah. foot injury. Um, Britton Covey has a thigh injury. So none of those guys were, um, none of those guys practice fully yet this week, which who cares? It's a short yep. week and you don't expect that anyway. I don't, so the full, the full injury report, I'll just run through it real quick. These are the guys that are limited. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Jason Kelsey, Hassan Raddick, Fletcher Cox, Britton Covey. So a lot of good players in that list. Again, mm-hmm. all of them were limited in the first few practices, uh, this, this week, but I, I don't, all, I, I would expect that all of those guys are going to play. Uh, Jason Kelsey already said, in, I mean, of course, you mentioned earlier, like, you can punch that, you can do anything you want to him. And he has, his, his threshold for pain is like uh, no other. But he already said, he's like, please, like, <laughs> of course I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, the Colts, by the way, have their fair share of injuries in this game. Um, first of all, Shaq Leonard, the the all-pro linebacker. First of all, he that guy was first-team all-pro 2018, 2020, 2021. He was second team in 2019. He's kind of slept on as like an elite player. Um, last year, 122 tackles, four interceptions. He had eight forced fumbles last year, <laughs> three fumble recoveries, eight pass breakups. That guy's awesome. He's on injured reserve. Uh, he just had back surgery, which uh, is ending his season, so he won't play. And then they have a mm-hmm. bunch of guys on, on their injury report from DeForest Buckner, who's going to play. Uh, Quiddy Pay, yeah. um, second year well, he's guy, not play. has not practiced yet this week. Kenny Moore, the cornerback, has not practiced yet uh, this this week. Yeah, they've they've like a, I don't know if it's I don't know what it is. Might be reckless to speculate, mm-hmm. but so Kenny Moore missed uh, the first two days this week with an illness, and now Zaire Franklin and Isaiah Rogers. Isaiah Rogers also a starting cornerback for the Colts in the same position room as Kenny Moore. Right. also picked up an illness, so it seems like they kind of have something going around around there. Yeah, I'd imagine he'll play. Illness usually means they're going to play, but uh, yeah, Quiddy Pay is probably the guy that that may not play. This Colts, yeah. we'll get to this Colts team after the break, but um, they're not bad. I don't think like I, I don't think this is going to be like a walkover game in in any way. Wow, I, I think that, I totally disagree. Really? Okay. Well, we'll get to that yeah. then. All right. Well, before we do, because we've gone way too long already in this first segment, thirty four minutes in. Uh, right to sell on craft turkey. Right to sell Discount code BGN fifteen. Um, go check it out. Help support the podcast. Help support a local business. Jimmy, you saw Righteous Felon 
at Pastaficios, right? I did, yes. Pastaficios, for those who don't know, is this uh, hoagie place uh, near Chickies and Pete's in the shopping center, kind of right by the Eagles practice facility. Uh, so, you know, if you see it there, here's my thing. If you see it somewhere out in the wild, give it a try, you know, see if it's actually mm-hmm. any good or not. It is, spoiler alert. Uh, and then once you realize you like it, then the move is to go and buy it in bulk and go to rights of selling that because then you're getting the discount at that point, especially with the discount code and you're saving by buying in bulk. Go to rights of selling.com, discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Also, I'm guessing, you know, depending on where you go, there's probably more flavor options because the website offers everything as opposed to, you know, a store might yeah. only have the certain kinds. Um, so, yeah, go do it. And if you don't, you're a coward. Back after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Back here on BGN Radio. Eagles Colts preview. Jimmy thinks this team is the best team in the league. <laughs> I do. It's a juggernaut. Uh, now they've they've been a hot mess, um, really off the field, more so on the field. Uh, they've had some really bad performances this year. Uh, sp- I'll, I'll speak specifically about Matt Ryan here. Matt Ryan has had like some really awful games, and one of them in particular was on national. Like it was the worst game of the year probably so far this year, just in the NFL. That that uh, mm. Broncos Colts game was that a Thursday night game or a Monday night game? I don't remember. I forget. But basically, any Broncos game has been the worst <laughs> game of the year. Fair. Like, the Broncos Forty Niners was also very uh, horrible. Yeah. yeah, but this team has some things going for it. Like Jonathan Taylor mm. is, I mean, was the best, probably the best offensive player, non quarterback in the league last year, and he's gotten off to. Maybe I wouldn't say a slow start necessarily because the number's actually fine, uh, but certainly not anywhere near the level of the way he was playing in 2021. You can blame a lot of different things for that. You know, namely, um, you know, he's he suffered some injuries earlier this year. 
but then also just the Colts are a mess. As, as I mentioned, uh, he had a big game last week against the Raiders. So maybe he's back on track to, you know, sort of where he was in 2021. I think they have a decent offensive line. I think they have, um, uh, you know, some things on defense, like their, their run defense is the second best in the NFL in terms of yards per carry. And they have a lot of good players. Uh, on defense that are good. They have a lot of good run stoppers on defense, like Grover Stewart, DeForest Buckner, uh, Bobby Okarike. Their corners are, are physical players. Um, and then, you know, they're, they can get after the passer. Like Yannick Ngakwe gave Jordan Mailata fits last year when the Eagles played in Las Vegas. He was on the Raiders last year. He really gave Mailata a lot of trouble. So that's a matchup that I think is potentially problematic. And then the corners like Kenny Moore, we mentioned already is uh hasn't, he's not had a great year, but he's a good player. And Stefan Gilmore is, uh is probably their best. Not probably. He is their best corner and he's not the, the same level of player that he was in 2019 when he was the uh, NFL's defensive player of the year, but he's still a very good cornerback and uh, can burn you if, if, uh, if you make a mistake going his way. So this isn't like some, this isn't the Houston Texans that they're playing. Like this is a like they have talent. Obviously, the the hot mess that they are off the field with them firing Frank Reich and then uh, hiring the way that Joe Thomas put it, um, uh, Jim Ursay's drinking buddy in uh, Jeff Saturday. I mean, it's it's all a disaster. What's going on there behind the scenes? Uh, but I, like I said, I, I do think that this team actually does have talent and isn't necessarily going to be a team that the Eagles just walk all over. You seem to feel otherwise. I think this team is worse than their four, five, and one record indicates. Okay. They are 29th in point differential. Mm-hmm. They are one spot ahead of the Houston Texans in DVOA mm-hmm. at 31st overall. Uh, you have Jeff to factor Saturday, in, though. That they benched Matt Ryan. And that, Matt Ryan's cooked. Yeah, but for how long? Okay, Matt Ryan for two for two games. But that, but I mean that's okay. But they were they, they were like a, they they were just they had no chance with Sam Ellinger as as their quarterback. I mean, Sam Ellinger stinks. Borderline, you know, league, league roster worthy, much less starting quarterback worthy. Um, and Matt Ryan's cooked, like he's not anything close to what he used to be, but he does have four games this year where his passer rating is over 105. So if you get him on the wrong day, he can at least be effective again. Like I said, he's had some horrible games, but he's also had four good ones. So like he is capable of still putting together a good game. Not against the Eagles. Eagles but, shut him down last but, year. But I guess the point, the I guess the point there is. Yeah, their their DVOA and their point differential and all that is horrible, but some of that came with Sam Ellinger. And okay. and also with a not um, healthy Jonathan Taylor. Sure. Um the fact that Matt Pryor is starting for them. Like <laughs> No, not anymore, he isn't. Like, come on. He was. Oh, he's not anymore? No. So their left still... tackle okay. is now Bernard Ryman. Um Well, I've their... heard he's been really bad. He, uh, I haven't looked closely enough at him, but he's their he rookie. Is. I'm seeing Matt Pryor listed as their starting right guard here. I think their starting right guard is now Will Fries or Freeze. I don't know how you mm. pronounce it, but he, he was a sixth or seventh round pick a year ago out of Penn State. He at least he's at least started their last two games for them. Um, I don't know if that's a permit. And and Pryor wasn't on the injury report or anything like that. So that seemed to me like he was just their new starting right guard. 
uh, not just in there mm-hmm. because of injury or something like that. But yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Matt Pryor is a starter anymore. Nor is uh, another former Eagles offensive lineman, <laughs> Dennis Kelly, Dennis plays Kelly. for the uh, Indianapolis Colts these days. Mm. But yeah, no. So from left to right, it's Bernard Ryman. Um, left guard is Quentin Nelson, of course. Their center is Ryan Kelly. Yeah. Their right guard is Will Fries or Freeze or whatever. And then their right tackle is his name is escaping. He's a solid player. Br- uh, Braden Smith is a, is a decent mm-hmm. enough player. So it's a, you know, they ha- the, the two problem areas are Ryman at left tackle. So this mm-hmm. is a game where, like, if you're going to get something out of Robert Quinn and he does get oh, some yeah. some opportunities to rush the passer in obvious passing situations, that's like the old Wiley, Wiley vet against a third round. By the way, this third round rookie in Ryman, he's the guy, mm-hmm. if you recall, during draft season who he came from Austria and he played at Central Michigan. He was a tight end there initially. And they moved him to left tackle because they had some injuries and they had nothing else. So they just put this guy in at left tackle and he wound up flourishing there. And uh, he became actually like people were thinking of him at one point as like a first round pick. But he's got athleticism. He's got, um, you know, sort of some upside, which is a weird thing to say because he's a he's an old he was an older prospect coming out. Um, But, yeah, he's a guy that doesn't have many hours logged uh, as a as an offensive lineman at any level. So if there's a game where a guy like Robert Quinn should be able to take advantage of a player, it's this game. If like if he gets plenty of opportunities to rush the passer and he doesn't produce in this game, that's a really bad sign. I agree. Um, I guess we should flip it over to the Colts defense. We just mm-hmm. talked about the offense there. You know, obviously the key on offense, all eyes will be on stopping the run. Um, again, such a weird, it's like a, such a nuanced thing coming out of the Commanders game. So the run defense wasn't we talked about it. Like they, there weren't enough negative plays. Um it wasn't like they were getting gassed. As long as carry was eleven yards, mm-hmm. they averaged what, three point one yards per carry. But the run defense isn't good. Like on the whole, this season, they rank like twenty eighth in run defense DVA. It's not like a strength of the team. Mm-hmm. And even even with Jordan Davis, it was healthy, like it was not good. It was better, certainly, but it was not like an amazing run defense by any means. Um, by the way, uh had had to fit this in. Uh because uh, old friend Ben Solak tweeted this out last night. Uh, the Viking, uh, sorry, the uh, Titans and the Packers played on Thursday night football. Uh, for those who didn't realize that, uh, and I think the it's been like so many straight games of the Titans not allowing more than, or yeah, the Titans have not given up more than seventeen points mm-hmm. in regulation uh, since week three. Mm-hmm. Um, senior defensive assistant for the Titans, Jim Schwartz. <laughs> uh, you know, good coach. Uh, anyway. Uh, so yeah, that's obviously the key on offense is really, you know, being able to, to stop the run. I, I would, I would think, and by the way, uh, I don't think I brought this up in the recap show. The, the thing that makes it even more frustrating about why it took Jonathan Gannon so long to adjust against the commanders, they did the same exact thing in their final game last year against the Eagles. It was the same right, script right, right. when Heineke was playing in week, what it was on New Year's day. Uh, whatever week that was, I guess it was. I think it's the second to last game of the year. Or, yeah, yeah, like same exact thing. The, the commanders did the same exact thing. They tried to go on these long drives and keep the Eagles off the field. Yeah. So why did it take so long? Anyway, so I would hope, I would think that if the Colts try to do that BS, that they would kind of maybe challenge Matt Ryan a little bit to throw yeah. down the field more and like you know not allow them to just drive down the field and limit the Eagles' possessions. Um, Spoiler: That's what the Colts so are going to do. 
I mean, we saw the right. Texans and the, and the commanders have success with it. And the Texans and commanders, by the way, employed that game plan because they know they're not as talented as the Eagles. So it's it's a time-tested uh, strategy for teams that are heavy underdogs to try to run yeah. the ball a lot and shorten the game. Like this is not yes. this is not like any sort of um, like uh, big uh, big invention here by by the by the uh, Texans and Commanders the way they played the Eagles the last two games. And the Colts, the best thing they do is run the ball with with Jonathan Taylor. So they are absolutely going to hammer the run. And the Eagles not only have to come up with with stops on him, but they have to come up with negative plays uh, in the run game and, and and force him into obvious passing situations when they can get after Matt Ryan. If they can't do that, then it's going to be a struggle in this game. I think the Eagles are going to win, certainly, but it's going to be a struggle to to keep them off the field. I think you pointed this out. It's funny because there's been talk of like the the blueprint is out on mm-hmm. how to beat the Eagles. And I don't really think that's true. And I think you've said this. It's not truly for like the good teams. It's mm-hmm. true for like how the bad teams should approach it. Yes. Which is kind of funny um, because if you're a good team and you're doing this and you're trying to like shorten the game, it's probably a bad thing for you because like you, if you're, if you know, you're, I feel like a team that you can hang with the Eagles, you want more possessions. You don't want to limit your right. possessions. Um but the bad teams certainly do. So that's kind of like an interesting thing, like where somehow now the bad teams have a better recipe to beat the Eagles than the good teams do. Uh, a weird kind of, uh, I guess. Well, if you're a good team, in. you're not going to do that. You're not, you're not going to play that way. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're the Vikings, you're not going to, you're not going to hammer the run all day when you have Justin Jefferson. <laughs> you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like it's a, it's a, it's a way to play the Eagles. If it, it's, it's a way that you can hang with the Eagles uh, if you're a bad team like the Texans did for a while into the second half, and like if, the Commanders obviously did, if you can convert on third down, of course, which is yes. you know key. If obviously if you just keep going three and out, then you're in a really bad spot. But uh, anyway, I meant to flip it to the defense, and I didn't, so we should do that now. Um, Eagles offense, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, we're going to see what they look like with Dallas Goddard gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, hard not to su- expect some kind of drop off, significant drop off with how good he's been. I think they have enough at tight end to kind of get by. For now, uh, receivers, it's kind of hard to know their health status, but I would expect A.J. Brown, even if he's not 100%, to certainly not have one catch for seven yards like he did against the Commanders. Mm-hmm. I would expect them to have a bigger game against uh, this team. Um, and I think you mentioned it, like their run defense, this is probably not going to be a game where the Eagles are running all over mm-hmm. uh, the Colts, but they are gettable when it comes to their pass defense. So I think this is – and honestly – not that Jalen Hurts was like the reason to to blame why they lost on Monday, but this is the kind of game where, all right, you had this bad loss. You need to respond, like go out and have that franchise quarterback kind of performance in this game. Like leave no doubt, like go out and crush this team, mm-hmm. go out and execute at a high level. There's a lot of pressure. Not again, not like saying he was, it's not like he has to play really well because he had a bad game and needs a bounce back, but like he needs to go out there, I think, and and set the tone. I think he needs a big game. Yeah, he certainly wasn't any – he was pretty far down the list on the reason the Eagles lost. I mean, he wasn't a reason the Eagles lost, in my opinion, on Monday night. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm with you. If if you're going to be the guy, then uh, you kind of have to pull the team up when, when they struggled one week and, and play better the next in the next week. Like, you can't let them lose. Like, we're not losing this game. It's the kind of, yeah. like, performance and mentality you need to see from him. You don't let us slide here. If you're if you're, if you're going to be in the MVP conversation, then that's the kind of performance, like, that would justify that. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not messing around. Like, we lost, whatever. We're not going to let that BS happen again. Uh, so I want to see that from him. Um, 
Any other thoughts on the offense? Uh, on the Eagles offense? Yeah. Uh, again, like I mentioned before, it's, you know, the, the, the one matchup that would, uh, that would scare me if I'm the Eagles is, is my lot against Ngakwe. Um, Ngakwe had a sack against him last year. He had another play where he got, he actually hit the ball while Hertz was throwing and they were lucky that it was ruled a uh, forward pass. He dusted him on a couple of run plays where he, you know, my basically just whiffed on his block. So I, I don't mean to, you know, hammer my lot here. Like he's a brick wall. You can't run through him, but he is susceptible to speed. And, and Gakwe is one of the fastest pass rushers in the league. Uh, so that, that is, uh, you know, I think a concern more is the guy that I think they're probably going to target in the uh, passing game more Kenny Moore, the corner, if he doesn't mm-hmm. indeed play uh, recovers from his illness, according to pro football reference, he is allowing 8.4 yards per target, which isn't great. Uh, and, a, and an opposing passing rate passer rating, of 108.7. So, you know, because like you mentioned, the the Colts A have have a good run defense. Uh, The B, B, the Eagles are going to be without Goddard. Um, In addition to like this game being on Jalen Hurts, they need the receivers to make plays too. So it's going to be on AJ Brown and Devontae Smith Mm. and Quez and Pascal uh, to make plays in this game because you're not going to get them theoretically from the tight end position. They haven't gotten plays out of the running backs uh, in the passing game at all. Uh, this year, so it's going to be on those receivers to to help Jalen Hurts out and make plays. They're going to get Zach Pascal a touchdown pass, aren't they? Yeah, I think uh, this Nick Sirianni likes to reward <laughs> players like in certain situations. Um, I had almost kind of felt like they were definitely going to go to Devontae Smith uh, in the when they got into the red zone because it was his birthday. <laughs> right, so I think exactly. Sirianni yeah, we, is kind of like, about that last week. Yeah, he's kind of Ted Lasso-ish in that in that uh, in that re- re- respect. Uh, but yeah, I, I expect that uh, you know this won't be a zero target game for sure for Zach Pascal. No. All right, let's take another break here before we get into our picks against the spread and everything. But before we do, Chris and Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors dot com, who I might be seeing in a few hours when I pop over to your yeah, house. You haven't met her yet, right? In person. No, today's, I'm terrified. Today's the day. Look at that. Because she is like the best realtor <laughs> ever. That's right. Voted on by God as the best realtor in the history of the universe, which is an amazing feat. Uh, so if you don't call her, if you're looking to buy or sell your house, first of all, you're crazy. Uh, you're also a coward. And I hate you. Um, <laughs> so make sure that I don't hate you. Uh, so call, by calling her at 856 856- Nine zero six nine two nine five again eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors again voted on by God as the best history, as the best realtor in the history of the universe. Brandon, back after this. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. She's the greatest. 856-906-9295. Back here on BGN Radio. It's time, once again, Jimmy, to get into our NFL Picks Against the Spread segment which everyone loves so much, uh, and is brought to you by DraftKings. Every week this season, we will be cooking up our own parlay 
that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, our loyal Bleeding Green Nation listeners, to follow. I actually, you know, I tweeted out a screenshot, uh, or I think I put it on Instagram, the, at Bleeding Green Insta, uh, of, so, so there's actually like the BGN logo that you can see uh, for that bet on the DraftKings Sports app. So that's kind of cool. Uh, this week, our parlay will be posted once the uh, legs are up. I don't think they are yet. So check out our Twitter at Bleeding Green or again, Instagram, mm-hmm. potentially if Twitter is not around at Bleeding Green Insta uh, to see the graphic that will be promoting that same game parlay. Haven't decided yet. Might have to put that Zach Pascal touchdown in there. I know the odds will be like, I like pretty uh, high for that. So um, so you can check that out uh, on game day. That, that'll be up. Uh, each week, DraftKings has new offers in great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, let's set the record straight. And by that, I mean, Jimmy, you are 17-20 and 20 against the spread. We both went 2-2 two and two last week. I am 19-18. and 18. Against, or sorry, straight up, we are now 7-2 and two each because we obviously got last week mm-hmm. wrong. All right, we have five games to talk about. We're going to start with the Rams at the Saints. The Saints currently own the number four overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. Will they continue to slide? The Rams are uh, three-point underdogs in New Orleans. Who do you have? I got a trivia question for you, actually. What team has the worst point differential in the NFC? In the NFC? Ooh, because I think the Steelers is the NFL. Um. Uh. Oh, it's the Rams. It's the yeah. Rams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the defending NF- NFL, the defending Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams, have the worst point differential in the NFL, fifty something. They stink. Fifty two or fifty three, and yeah, that's exactly right. That team stinks. They have not played, in my opinion, like a good game all year. Whereas at least the Saints no. have kind of had like you know, a, like they have a rare game where they go, oh. Okay, well, they might yeah, have like that something. Raiders at game. least they shut out the Raiders. Raiders stink, but a shutout is a shutout. Shutout, um, yeah. They had another game against, uh, I forget who it was, a few weeks ago, uh, where they looked impressive. So they at least have moments of decentness, whereas the Rams yeah. have just been horrid this year. Like, one of the worst teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, give me the Saints in this one. What was the, what was the line on that? I told me Saints are favored standard three-point home favorites. Yeah, okay. I'll still I'll, I'll, I'll take the Saints and I'll lay the three. I'm with you on that. It's kind of unfortunate for the Eagles, but uh, I just think the Rams are terrible. Uh, no reason to really bet on them. I know the Saints aren't great, but yes, I agree. The Saints have shown some signs of life where the Rams are just, I think that's a team that's kind of really not, uh, I don't know if checked out's the right word, but they're just, it's not their year. They showed they're, the Rams you know, they won this- like uh, at the end of the first half on Red Zone Channel this this past Sunday. And... Like uh, some bad play happened before the end of the half. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was the kind of play where, like, if it were in Philadelphia, like th- the stadium would have just been raining booze down on the team. That's like they went into the locker room. Like you know how, like, uh, when the Eagles have a terrible first half, they get they get their asses booed off the field when they go into the into the tunnel. Mm-hmm. There was like a little smattering of booze. <laughs> in like in LA, which you almost never hear. That's how bad they've been. Yeah. But like, if it had been the equivalent of Philadelphia, they would have gotten their asses handed to them going back into the tunnel. Lions are at the Giants. Giants are three point favorites. Who you got? I know that you wanted. I know that you not wanted, but liked 
the uh, po- the chances of the Giants dropping one of yes. two games against the Texans. I'm sorry to steal what you were probably going to say anyway, against the Texans or the Lions. No, I'm glad you said it, so I don't have to. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> against the Texans or the Lions. They beat the Texans last week, but holy yep. crap, they got a lot of breaks in that game. And if a couple, yep. you know, play here or play there went the other way, like there was a touchdown called back on, you know, sort of an iffy penalty uh, by the Texans. A few other plays that just, I mean, could have gone either way, really. And uh, Texans very well could have won that game. Giants end up, ended up winning it by eight. Lions have been playing better recently. Mm-hmm. They've won their last two. Who did um, they just beat? What's the quarterback they've been beat? <laughs> the Justin Fields debates uh, around the league are very uh, – it seemed to be like you're either in one camp or the other, and there's not a lot of middle ground. I happen to be in the Justin Fields' is very yeah, fun, Dan Orlovsky, and I enjoy watching him. Uh, camp. I think he's got a obviously got a long, long, long way to go as a passer, but he's one of the f- mm-hmm. most fun players in the NFL to watch right now. Uh, anyway, that, that uh, aside, to Aaron Rodgers what, and the Packers and the Lions. What's that? Lost just lost to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and the Lions. <laughs> well, I mean, his defense has given up over thirty points per no, game, so okay. it's, that's that's not his fault. Um, anyway, the Lions have been playing better. Um, Lions have had a lot of close games not go their way this year. The Giants are, it's weird to see. So, you know, if we were just using the general rule of thumb in terms of line, you know, odds makers lines, the standard is, you know, minus three for evenly matched teams. You give, you know, minus three to the home team. And that's Mm -hmm. what the line is. You said it was minus three, right? It hasn't changed. Yep. Okay. So the, a seven and two team in the Giants is only a three point. Home favorite over a three yeah. and six team. Um, you know, I'm not going to, uh, you know, make any bold picks here. I still will take the Giants. Um, yeah. I'll take the, th- actually, I'll take the three. Sorry, if, if we're doing lines, I'll take the three points in the Lions. Okay. But I do think the Giants will win this game. But I think it's, it's close to like a toss up in this game on who's actually going to win it. It's a tough matchup, I think, for, for, for the Giants. Uh, again, like I said, the Lions are, are, are playing better and they've got deandre swift back and some other guys so uh this mm-hmm. is going to be a better team down the down the back stretch i mean they're done obviously already this year but they're going to be uh yep. they're going to be pesky for some teams down the stretch i think so my logic with the you know giants are going to lose one of their next two just kind of boils down to they're due for a loss they can't like just like the eagles were kind of were due for a loss from a standpoint of they weren't going to have every right. game as a plus turnover differential giants have just been getting like like you just kind of said like lucky a little too much it feels like they're just due they're good they're not they're not as good they're not a seven and two quality of kind not. of team yeah. when you look at any kind of advanced metric that's not to say they're bad i think they're more of like you know like a five and four six and three kind of they're they're due they're just due for a loss mm-hmm. so i'm going to take that i will say what worries me is that uh lions not good against mobile quarterbacks i've seen justin fields and jalen hurts mm-hmm. And Daniel Jones can certainly run. Yep. So I, I do worry about that. I also worry about Jared Goff slash Dan Campbell had never won a road game until last week against the Bears, making that Justin Fields loss all the more pathetic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that kind of worries me too. Sure. But I, I, I do think there is something to the – I don't think this is just the Packers and Bears struggling as much as the Lions do deserve some credit for kind of figuring things out here. Uh, Dan Cram- Campbell has maybe been given too much credit in the past – for his team fighting, but I think there's that's not like totally made up. I think there's something to that. I think they're going to play competitive. The Giants, I think their biggest thing, and I've said this on the mixtape with RJ, 
they don't beat themselves. That is such a departure mm-hmm. from what the Giants yep. have been for many years now. They're pretty good at not beating themselves, but again, they've they've been they're, they're just like they've been getting a lot of breaks, and I think that's kind of it's it's their due to not at some point here. And I think the Lions get the win, so I will take them oh, outright. Outright, huh? also okay. certainly, or certainly with the three points as well. Um, all right, that brings us to the Commanders, who RJ and I went through their schedule, and we went through the 49ers schedule, and these two teams play each other. Not impossible. Oh, for that final wild card spot, yeah, yeah. That the uh, well, all four NFC teams, assuming the Seahawks hang on in the in the NFC West as well, too. Right, exactly. Which I I think they will, but. Uh, not impossible. All four NFC's teams could be in the playoffs. No thanks to the Eagles. <laughs> and then start, you know, Washington's getting Chase Young back at some point here. Yeah. Uh, so the Commanders are three-point favorites at the Texans. I feel like I can make this simple. The Texans stink. They don't <laughs> Why is that line only three? Them. I know. <laughs> you know. So I will take the Commanders, and I think you're going to take them. Too. Yeah, I am. I mean, the the Texans are going to have a, have trouble blocking uh, you know, Deron Payne and, and Jonathan Allen, and they're going to have trouble covering the, that trio of receivers in McLaren. Uh, Curtis Samuel and um, and Jahan Dotson. So that's an easy pick for me. I don't know why that line's only three. And the commander's biggest strength is probably stopping the run. And you know, Damian Pierce is like the best yep. thing the, the Texans have going for them. So yeah, that's just not. I don't. I don't really see it. Uh, Cowboys are one and a half point favorites. The Vikings. A very very little interesting next two weeks here uh, from an Eagles perspective because the Cowboys play the Vikings mm-hmm. this week and then the Giants next week. So kind of a a situation where. Uh, there's there's going to be some silver linings or good news from those outcomes. I would argue, let me know if you feel differently, um, that Eagles fans should actually be rooting for the Cowboys in this game because I think you should be more focused on winning the one seed and having as much cushion there as possible than worrying about winning the NFC East because I think the Eagles should be at a point, not where like that's necessarily a given, but I think that this, the sights should be set higher for where they are yeah. at this point. Do you disagree? Yeah, it can go either way. I think the counter argument to that is if the Cowboys lose, then they're all but out of the picture in terms of being able to win the division before losses. That's and assuming the Eagles win in, in Indianapolis, and that's a three game right. cushion they now have with a head to head as well. So, yeah, I mean, uh, there, that's nice too. <laughs> and, uh, and it depends on, I guess, what team do you think is more of a threat? Is it the Cowboys or is it, or is it the Vikings? And, well, Oh, sorry, the Vikings have a very easy schedule the rest of the year. Hmm. Exactly. But are they are they that are they really that good? Like they can lose some games down the stretch. Um certainly they're eight and one, and that's impressive. And they just beat the Bills. Very weird game, but they beat the Bills. Um, so they are capable of beating good teams. I think they have some losses coming down the stretch here. So hmm. I think you can go either way. I, I think I'm I'm kind of yeah, with you I mean, that it's better if the Cowboys a win, win, but it's, it, you know, the Eagles are going to benefit one way or the other here because one of these two teams is going to leave, is going to lose uh, a tie, by the way, does nothing for the Eagles in terms of right. don't, the Vikings. Ne- I don't, I never want to hear, oh, root for a tie. It's the dumbest thing you can ever say. It's so stupid. Well, that was it's in not play. Even, it's not a realistic thing to root for. But that was in play last week when they went to overtime with Buffalo. Sure. So I remember during that game, I was thinking, oh, the, the tie does nothing for the Eagles if, yeah, because they already have the head to head against the Vikings right. anyway. Uh, so they needed the Bills to outright beat them. But anyway, uh, that aside, yeah, I think, um, yeah, they're either way, the Eagles are going to benefit because they're going to get a huge cushion against, against the Cowboys or they're going to mm-hmm. regain their one game cushion that they already had against the Vikings before they lost to the Commanders. 
Exactly. I'm not saying like, you know, it's a bad if the Cowboys lose by any means. It's a win-win. I just think the most optimal thing. So my scenario, because I, I truly believe the Lions can win, you know, it's that the Lions beat the Giants this week. Mm-hmm. The Vikings beat the Cowboys. And then on Thanksgiving, when the Cowboys host the Giants, then the Giants win that yeah, game. Yeah, I agree. So I think they have a chance to win that game. Yeah. Like, I think that's like, you know, what you're, you're lo- you can't just look at it from a one week scope, I guess is my point. Like, I think you have to look at it like that. And I'm, I'm rooting for all those outcomes because I think that would be the optimal situation for the Eagles. Obviously, you don't want the Cowboys to win both of these games. You, you want them to drop at least one of the next two. Um, I think preferably against uh, the Giants uh, for sure. But uh, I will take the Cowboys to actually win this one okay. because Vikings, like, I mean, that loss over the Bills was good, but it feels like they could be due for a bit of a letdown after that. I mean, it was good, but it also, like, I just I have a hard time fully buying this team. They're like, they were like 18th in DVOA heading into last week and 12th or something, 8th in point differential, not too high. Um they lose the game if the Bills' quarter, uh, safety knocks the ball down instead of tries to intercept yeah, it. Yeah, crazy play. Doesn't make... Like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Kirk, they won that game in spite of Kirk. Um, not to say he didn't do anything good in the game, but he certainly, like, I, I credit the defense. Because anytime he would turn the ball over, the defense held, uh, like, the, the Bills to, like, a field goal or whatever. And, obviously, Josh Allen had those downright irresponsible turnovers in the red zone. Um, I, I don't think that was like a statement game for the Vikings as some people made it out to be. I think the Vikings played reasonably well, mm-hmm. not so much the quarterback, but they also got breaks and like the Giants kind of just, I think the the Vikings are due for some bad luck because they've been getting a lot of the breaks, a lot of the good luck, a lot of these one score games where things continue to go their way. I think that's not the case. I think the Cowboys, I think it's going to be an this kind of goes to my Eagles point this week, but I think this is also true for this game. I think people are overreacting to the Vikings win in a positive way. And I think they're also kind of overreacting to the Cowboys loss, um, which was certainly a bad loss for them, but like they were up 28 to 14. I don't, it wasn't like, wow, the Cowboys were played terrible. Um, They blew it, but I I think they'll bounce back and I think the Vikings will take a step back. So I will take the Cowboys as one and a half favorites on the road. Yeah, so I have the uh, I have the Vikings winning this game outright. Um, I, I was okay. actually surprised that the Cowboys were favored in this game. Um, if you think that you know here in Philadelphia there are concerns about run defense, well, the Cowboys have given up 447 yards <laughs> over the last two games. So they uh, each of their last two opponents rushed for over 200 yards. Uh, Green Bay uh, put it on them 209 yards, I think it was, and then. Um, the Bears the week before when Justin Fields had a had a big day on the ground. Um they they ran for over two hundred yards against the Cowboys as well. So, you know, that defense, uh not the nineteen eighty five Bears. Uh and then offensively, Dak Prescott is really not playing that well. Like we have a small sample size of him so far this year, four games, but he is having the worst numbers of, of his career in the following categories interception percentage. Yards per yards per interception percentage is three point one percent of his passes are getting picked off. He had two bad ones uh, like, that he threw to Rudy Ford <laughs> of all people uh, against the Packers last year. There were there are two legitimately very bad throws. Um, yards per pass attempt six point seven, not good. Yards per completion ten point six, not good. His QBR is fifty two point zero. His QB rating is eighty five point nine, uh, and then he's having his second worst numbers in these categories. Completion percentage. Uh, just 63.8 when they have like a ton of guys that are like right up around seven, like near Jalen Hurts is what sixth in the NFL, like 68 
like rough, almost 69% of his passes get, getting completed. Dak Prescott's way down at 63.8. And then his passing yards per game are way down uh, 214.0 on that. So he is not having a very, again, small sample size, just four games for him this year, but he's not been, and, and the one game kind of skewed things when they just got nothing going whatsoever week one against Tampa. But nevertheless, I mean, he, he just does not look like the, um, you know, the, like the, the player that we thought was the most valuable player in the NFC East uh, heading into this season. So um, yeah, I mean, the, he's going to have to have a big game uh, on the road uh, against the Vikings for them to win this game. And I don't know that I'm buying Dak right now. Can you tell me Dak Prescott's record outside of NFC East games, including the playoffs? Mm, I don't know. I have no idea, but the way that you bring that up leads me to believe it's not great. (laughs) 31 and 31. Okay. So not to say like, obviously division games are important, but the giants literally have had the worst record in the NFL, or at least did, entering the season uh, from 2017. So one year into Dak's career. And then obviously Washington has been a dumpster fire mm-hmm. for a long time sure. too. And the Eagles have been oh, up and down Bowl in yeah. that stretch, but up and down. They had also were one of the worst teams in 2020. So point being, I think there's a, like a myth of Dak Prescott. Like people want to talk about, he's elite. They want to put him or he's underrated or whatever you want to say. And part of that's probably being a Cowboys quarterback. 31 and out of 31 in a non-division games, I think is like, maybe this guy's a little bit more closer. I think if right. you're, I think Dak Prescott is an above average quarterback, yes. but I think he's closer to being like, you know, mediocre than he is closer to being elite. Closer uh, to like top at, 12 as opposed to top eight. Right. Yeah. I like, there's a, oh, he's elite. No. Uh, anyway. Uh, I am still taking the Cowboys just because I think uh, I'm not fully buying the Vikings. Okay. I think they're due. That's fair. That's, that's my logic this week. Same thing with the Giants. Um, Fascinating game from the Eagles' perspective, for sure. And yes, very, very like so much, so much more fun. It's it's been said in many places a lot that it's more fun to typically root for uh, or sorry against the Cowboys than it can be for the Eagles. But I'm really looking forward to this uh, Vikings Cowboys game, and then again Thanksgiving where you kind of just get to sit back and relax and then uh, get to root against the Cowboys probably uh, on Thanksgiving. Cowboys games. So. I mean, the Cowboys have really blessed Eagles fans over the last decade or so with just really high profile, you know, all eyes on them kind of losses. <laughs> and this past Sunday, it wasn't a primetime game, but it was the final game remaining uh, during the late afternoon window. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, everyone was watching that game. <laughs> And uh, yeah, they they blew a uh, what a fourteen point lead, and then uh, they had a chance to win in in, in overtime, and they didn't. And uh, to the quarterback that owns them and hasn't even been playing <laughs> yeah, well, right? He's been playing like he. By the way, uh, Aaron Rodgers played like dog shit. Excuse my language again uh, hmm. on Thursday night against the Titans. He had yeah. he there were some wide open throws that he just absolutely. I mean, wide open. He just missed them. It's very weird to yeah. see him play as badly as he has been. Same thing in that Lions game. Yeah. Um, all right. Final pick. Eagles are seven-point favorites now. That's when I checked this morning on Friday morning. They were at six and a half. Uh, it's gone up to seven against the Colts. This is my lock of the week. For really? The okay. NFL show. Yeah. And I'm seven and three now in locks of the week. The games I got wrong were the Vikings game against the Eagles. I took the Vikings. I took the uh, Raiders to <laughs> cover against the Saints. Mm-hmm. They got blown out. Shut out. 
And then I lost last week when I took the Cowboys, although that was kind of like a reverse. That was kind of a hedge. Uh, I took the Cowboys at the Packers because I, I did legitimately think the Packers are terrible and didn't have much going for them, but I was also certainly happy to be wrong. Uh, this week, I genuinely believe the Eagles are going to bounce back in a big way. I think Monday's game was just such kind of like, a, it just wasn't who they are. Like, if you're going with the sample size, talk about sample sizes, I much more believe in the 8-0 and Eagles than I do that than the 0-1 sure. Eagles that we saw on Monday night and these turnovers happening again and everything. To your point about this is a, a kind of a great situation on a short week to have in the sense of flush that last loss, move on to the next game, get back to who you were for most of this year. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the Eagles are going to do. Uh, I, I think the offense, certainly, you know, maybe I'm putting a little too much faith into what will be a Dallas Goddardless offense, but I still think you have Jalen Hurts here. Still a lot of pounds and pieces on that offense uh, to make do. And uh, especially against a not a good passing defense. And then defensively, I think the Eagles defensive line is going to get after a Colts offensive line that I think I saw ranked like 29th in terms of uh, pass blocking by PFF's grading. Take that for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Eagles can win matchups. And I know Matt Ryan gets the ball quick, um, but I still think the defensive line is going to cause some problems. And... Uh, we saw Matt Ryan not really be able to hold up against Javon Hargrave and company last year when uh, the Eagles were playing the Falcons different scenarios a bit. But um, I think they'll they'll have an answer for Jonathan Taylor. I like the Eagles to win comfortably enough in this game. I think double digits is certainly in play. And therefore, only seven-point line, I will take the Eagles. And it's my lock of the week. Okay. Yeah, this line was originally, not originally. I mean, the, before week 10 was in the books, before the Eagles had lost, and I think it was right after, like the Colts had, you know, surprisingly, I guess to some people, beat the Raiders. This line was ten Eagles minus ten, and then it went down to Eagles minus uh, six and a half. And I, I, I didn't know that it went back up to seven. But um, I'm on the other side here. I think that wow. uh, the Eagles you win. The Colts. I, I have the Eagles winning, of course, and I think it's comfortable enough. Like I don't think the the Colts are going to put into a, a big scare into them or anything, but uh, I do think it's going to be um, a little bit of a struggle for the Eagles in this game because the Colts are going to play them the same way these other two teams did. And until I see Jonathan uh, Jonathan Gannon correct that, um, I'm you know I, I don't I don't see the Eagles blowing anyone out uh, until that gets corrected. So. Um, like I said, I, I rattled off all, all the reasons that, you know, the Colts can maybe make this a game. I think it's not just some scrub team. They do have talent. Um, they do have a lot of veterans on the team that have won a lot of games over their careers, uh, regardless of what's going on with the head coach and the owner and whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is, is a team that is maybe being a little bit slept on. Um, mm. I, I, I mean, if they had lost to the Raiders – then sure. Uh, and and their line would be double digits if they had lost to the Raiders because it would just be people would be looking at this team as, as sort of in free fall. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that um, the Colts will keep it close and I have the Eagles winning by six. So I will take <laughs> wow. the Colts and the points. Uh, Jeff Saturday was having issues like even operating his headset last week uh, based on what our friends from Stampede Blue, the Colts SB Nation blog, was talking about. And Raiders are a disaster. I mean, they got shut out by the same. Like, Raiders suck. Yeah, they are it. terrible. So I think people are overreacting to – and also I think 
you know, we always talk about the head coach getting fired bump. I think that is a real okay. thing that exists for sure. players. And because I think it puts players on notice, you know, it's like, oh, crap, you know, like the yeah, it's not, it's we're not really like, oh, we're going to play better because we didn't like the head coach that just got fired. And it's certainly not the case in Frank Reich. No, I think it's a matter of like, well, like we're really being assessed here. Anything yes. can kind of happen. My job might be on the line. So I better like really put 110% yes. into this because we're just we're cl- under a close scrutiny. You can't kind of just skate by. Um, and I think that kind of wanes a little bit after this win. Uh, I just think Nick Sirianni is going to outcoach Jeff Saturday. That's part of what it comes down to. Yeah. I have much more faith in him as a pencil coach of the year than I do in Jeff Saturday. So, and I think there is certainly something real to the uh, revenge game factor for Nick Sirianni, not just because he was in Indy. I don't think he like, you know, it's not about that as much as he fired his buddy. Frank. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Sirianni talks about Frank Reich in almost, I feel like every press conference yeah. to the point where it's just like, all right, we get it. Like, you know, you're friends with Frank Reich. Uh, I think this is meaningful to him. I think he, regardless of what anyone might think, Frank Reich being uh, scapegoated or not, I think Nick Sirianni believes that. And I think that's going to be really meaningful to him. And I think he wants to put a hurt on this team yeah. in part because of that. And I also think there's a, a mentality from the players. And I think Jalen Hurts, as a leader of this team, is going to be like, you know, let's go out and show that. Like, I think their players are frustrated because that was a frustrating loss on Monday mm-hmm. night. I think guys, and I don't think guys were panicking. I don't think guys were desperate. I think they want to get back to being the team that they were and having fun and kind of taking out some of those frustrations here. So I feel I feel good about it. I think the Eels are going to win comfortably. And now you might you have me second guessing my pick now. That was a, okay. All valid points. Thanks, Jimmy. Hi. It's too late. What? Who are you waving to? Jimmy's waving. I'm not so done yet. I guess it's Christian Why? Roach. Hey. Okay. <laughs> He's talking to through. What, what, what can I do for you? Through his window. You want to do what? He's looking. He's looking out his window. And he's talking to Kristen Roach. I think I can't see. You can you can screen. run the blender. It's fine. Okay, we're we're wrapping up here anyway. Um, this has been BGN Radio episode two ninety. Oh, any final thoughts, Jimmy? Mm, nah, I'll pass on that this week. We're already uh, yeah. an let's, hour and eighteen minutes let's, in. Let's wrap because the fire alarms are probably going to go off at any second here. Um, knowing things at least we got most of it in uh i mean twitter might implode but follow us there anyway for now at brandon gouton at jimmy kemsky also on instagram with the same handles yeah please follow me there because who knows how much twitter has got like what a couple days left before it implodes i don't i don't know (laughs) i don't want to talk about it uh bleeding will certainly not be imploding neither will phillyvoice.com knock on wood um so read our work there RighteousFelon.com is where you want to get Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. If you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, you want to contact Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com or call or text this phone number. She's running the blender right now, so I don't know if you can hear that in the background. I can't even hear it. 856-906-9295. Okay, so go do that. And check out the SB Nation NFL show. Rate, review, subscribe to there. In addition to here at the Winning Green Nation podcast feed, listen to the other episodes we have on the feed. A lot of good shows. People really like the mixtape, Jimmy, uh, which you can also watch on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe to that as well. Uh, we really need to get the plugs out there. Um, DraftKings, you know, check that out, all that. And I think that's it. So we will be back with you probably, um, yeah. 
early early next week after the Eagles beat the Colts and cover and advance. Yeah, why don't we uh, why don't we figure it out right now? Right 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 in front of the audience. Okay. So I got my flight back. You know what? Let me see what time my flight is back. Monday. It's definitely Monday. It is at So record Tuesday then? My flight back is at like nine. So I'll be back I'm flying into Newark, so then I gotta drive back to South Jersey from Newark. I'll be home around Mm -hmm. noon, I would say. So yeah, we can either go uh, Monday afternoon or we can go Tuesday morning. All right, we'll figure it out. Um, definitely have to do it before Thanksgiving, obviously. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. usually recording, or, or the preview show as well, yes. unless we push it to Friday. But we'll see. The point is, if you subscribe here, you'll get the episode. Let's go Monday. Let's go it. Monday afternoon, and then we'll go. Uh, we'll go like Wednesday for the uh, for the preview game, so that's knocked out before Thanksgiving. Sure. Okay. Boom. That sounds good. So there you go. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> P-G-N